Oh snap guys, what's up? You know what time it is. I don't know what time it is when you're listening to this, that's why I'm saying you know what time it is. For us, it's a little after 12.30. What's up? It's another episode, talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm rambling, but I'm also Andrew. And I'm Chris. Hello everyone. Hope you are having a splendid day. I am so far. Yeah, me too, man. So Andrew, we have, um, I would say, another conversational style episode. Just us, no special guests. We do have a few guests booked for the end of the month, though. So get excited. Some uh, old tour mates of ours. Not necessarily, never booked a full tour with them, but we would play pretty much on our tours a show at the venue they owned. Uh, Shakeout, a Yonkers band. Another Woo-woo. another set of New Yorkers, great dudes, always put us on shows, even when we were like, yeah, even when they knew we had too many guitar solos to fit the bill, they still hooked it up and had us on, so it's going to be really cool That's to true. sort of chat with some old friends next week, and then afterwards, we're speaking with uh, a band that is currently blowing up on TikTok, which is pretty wild, I don't know how that That's happens. Right. We're staying modern, y'all, we're keeping up. But we're going to be speaking with uh, Coyote Theory, and it's going to be awesome. So shout out Dom, our good friend of the show from Broadside, for hooking that one up, getting us in contact. It's going to be a blast to chat with them. And spoiler alert, Dom and Pat are going to be coming back on the show at the end of next month in February. So we're booked, guys. We are booked for the first half of this year, and it's going to be a good ride, man. This is our second episode of the third season of this show. And like we said, 56 episodes this year. Two down, 54 more to go. Andrew, how are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. I mean, it's still January, so like we got plenty of time for all these episodes, so I'm not worried at all. I'm just hoping um, we can get them all in. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, at this point. We'll see. We'll see what happens as the year progresses, but right now I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And you know what I'm also feeling pretty good about, Andrew? What's that? Our YouTube channel, man. Why don't you tell people about that? Because it's actually starting to catch some steam. And that makes me incredibly happy because, hey, video podcasts are better than audio podcasts. Let's be honest. We love all you audio listeners, but you don't get to see our smiling faces unless you go to our YouTube channel. So, Andrew, take it away, man. Nice. Okay, cool. Smiling faces. (laughs) If we didn't have as good of thumbnails as we do, that's totally the thumbnail picture. It would have been, yeah. It would. Maybe someday. Someday. Someday when we get, like, the real YouTuber... um, um thumbnails with our faces in it making it tries blazing hot ramen for the first time that's what that looks like yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh it's pretty good but yeah andrew tell Um, them about our youtube channel see you guys if you were on our youtube channel right now you would have just seen the hilarious faces i was just making to illustrate something that everyone on youtube knows so if you don't want to miss out on those hilarious visual bits that we're going to be coming listen the better the youtube channel gets the more visual bits you will see like i promise so go to youtube talking with andrew and chris that's us you'll find us you'll recognize us we got the nice thumbnails we got we got us it'll pop up it'll be us talking it's just come on no brainer subscribe like all the videos because you like us so why wouldn't you like the video i mean <laughs> come on Plus, it really helps us out Plus. march 1st we're going to be launching 
our Talking with Dragons D&D campaign, the first of hopefully many, which is going to be only exclusively over on our YouTube channel. Andrew, I know we haven't spoken about a date until now, but honestly, when do we get things done when we give ourselves an ample amount of time? True. Never. We don't. Are you cool with that no. name? I mean, we can literally workshop it live here on the podcast. I just think talking with dragons is hilarious because it's something you never do as an adventurer. I mean, those are the last kind of people you want to negotiate with, you know? That's true. Not to mention, like, you have to hope that someone in your party speaks draconic. And that's a, a tall order. Except if you have a bunch of new people and they always think that talking dragon is the coolest, even though it's the most useless of skills. It's like, <laughs> oh, one cool. time you, can, you can read that, like, one random thing on the wall of an old temple. That's really helpful. Yeah, but we're going to be booking some past guests and some close friends to be a part of that. It's going to be a 10-episode run. It's going to be pretty crazy, man. I mean, I really miss playing D&D, and at this point, this is the only way I could work it into my schedule. So for me, it's just going to be like a double win, and hopefully our party doesn't get wiped because then we might end up, you know, only going three episodes. Like, I want it to go 10 episodes, but we're not just doing, like, the more story-based we have to complete this narrative. Like, I want this to be contained, 10 episodes. So that's going to be on you as the storyteller. Andrew's going to be our dungeon master. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. What I also want to have happen is to be as real as a home session as possible. Like, if we get wiped, that's we start over. Season ends at three episodes. Season ends at two episodes. Like, just because you have a cool story and just because we're trying to create content doesn't mean that the content comes before the experience that we're trying to give you. So... It's true. Not to mention, not to mention, I'm not going to be like a lax DM and just be like, "Oh, these guys are having a hard time. I'm just going to make this hit a critical hit for them, so this guy dies." Like, no way. You better yeah. come prepared. And we thought and about you better me pay being... attention. Exactly. We thought about me being the DM, and the thing with that is, Andrew has such a better grasp on the rules, and can do more impressions. Let's be honest. Like, I can do impressions, but they're always pretty much devolving into like. Chris will I've start, been told let, by my English listen. friend that it, it turns into like a Cockney English accent. Yeah. And so basically, with Chris, it starts like, like I'm in Scotland, and I end up in England well, every time. I would say that Chris Chris has a lot of good ideas when it comes to impressions, and like the beginning of the impression is usually pretty good and unique, and then it just as the longer he talks, like he, the more he has to think about what he's saying and not how he's sounding, it just turns into like, oh, hey mate, what are you doing down here? What? <laughs> yeah. So a Andrew, I think will. I'll at least be For a bit sure. more consistent. Yeah, you're going to deliver the better experience. But guys, that is all over our YouTube page. It's going to be happening March 1st. is going to be the official launch date of the campaign. Andrew, I'm really sorry I sprung that on you right now. But I feel like the yeah, best... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so we got you got some time. How far along in writing it are you? Um, I think as... I, I would say like as far as like the lore of the... The, the lore of the land goes, like it's pretty much 80% done I just need to like connect a couple more dots you know what I mean like lost style okay. like wait this guy was this guy's son the whole time right um something cool and then after that I pretty much just have to like pick the spot in this timeline where the adventure takes place and then figure out what the problem is and cool then, and this is traditional traditional D&D &D, right like we're playing fifth mm -hmm. edition yes fifth edition I'm pretty, I'm like 90% sure we're going to be on the Sword Coast, you know, areas that people have heard of and, and know about. 
cool you know? you know what we should do as we get closer to it we should do like a little segment in each episode where we bring like someone who's going to be on it to talk about their character and sort of ex- expand the yeah. the reality to get people hooked because i don't know if a lot of you guys i mean at this point i think nerd culture has kind of become the new pop culture which is awesome right. so sad. andrew and i i'd say we were at the start of the trend we did we definitely didn't start playing D before it was like catching steam Mm-hmm, but we certainly mm-hmm. did it before Vin Diesel went viral with Critical Role. You know, right. like we were and pretty we definitely, And we definitely were never like, oh, that seems lame. Oh, now it's cool. We want to try it. It was just kind of like something that we were kind of intimidated by. And then we were like, oh, it, listen, if if these YouTubers are doing it, I'm sure we can figure it out. It's a lot to handle. I mean, it really is. And it's awkward yeah. at first. You need to be able to become comfortable with not only acting because i think the more immersed you get into your character and the more you become your character the better it is but you also Mm -hmm. need to be comfortable with a group shared collective story and being able to give and take and exactly that's that's the tough part is every if you if you want to play D &D and you want to be the hero and you want to be the star then like you better have written your own campaign and everyone knows that you're the star otherwise you're going to not have a good time because everybody needs their own time to shine Right, exactly. So it's going to certainly be an experiment for us, but Andrew and I are at least veteran players. We've kind of went pretty Whoa. deep into a couple campaigns. I mean, hey, we we made it out of the Underdark. We, we did make it out of the I Underdark. I personally didn't, but we as a group <laughs> did. And so... I mean, you, you did. In spirit, no pun intended. Yeah, maybe not in a tangible form, but that's, you know... Yeah, we, we, we stopped playing this campaign where everyone was going to go resurrect me. And I almost wonder if that's because people thought my character didn't need to get resurrected, which is ridiculous. Rest in peace, Caperthy. She was a feisty one. <sighs> she was. She was. Anyways, um, yeah, right, so that's, so that's is, coming to the channel. Yeah, It's going to be a lot of fun. So follow yeah. us on YouTube, youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. The link is in the description if you're on yes. audio. And if you're on YouTube, the link to our audio platforms is in the description. We're on Spotify, Apple, Breaker, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public. And there's like eight others, which I overcast, which I just can't remember the name to. But go and check them out because we're all over the Internet and we plan on staying that way. So follow, subscribe, leave a like, hit the bell for notifications. And now, Andrew. What do we want to speak about today, man? Well, Chris, I figured before we get too far into 2021, and I know everyone really wants to forget 2020 pretty much as a whole because it was overall a pretty pretty poopy year. Um, <laughs> lots of, you know, there were some there's some rays of light, uh, rays of light in there, but all in all, pretty dark cloud of a year. But if you look back and you only look at music, there was a lot of pretty cool music that came out, and I feel like we didn't really talk about it that much. We talked about a couple albums, um, but there were a lot of other ones too. And I'm sure, not just me, I'm sure that you also um, not only discovered songs that came out in 2020, but in 2020 discovered new songs that had already been out that were just new to you. And uh, that's also just as fun sometimes. So I just figured we could take today... And talk about music since it's part of our tagline and just go back and say what we liked that we found in 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that. So why don't you start us off then since this was your idea. Take it away, Andrew. Who do you want to talk about and tell the people about first? Well, it's a good question because I pretty much I have a few albums written down 
that came out last year that I really got into, but also I have two artists written down that I got into. Um, and I don't know if I should dive into the bigger one first or the smaller ones first. I feel let's start with the smaller ones so that we can we can have give them some well, love, build it up as well. Good showmanship exactly, right exactly. there. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> an album that came out in 2020 that I discovered late into 2020, as in like a couple weeks ago, is Lady Gaga's Chromatica album. Which, if you're a fan of dancing and you miss going out to the clubs, then this album might be for you because it's it really it really makes you want to move your body. It's it's upbeat. It's got you know all the sounds you you remember and love all those fun synth sounds. And I had no idea. I've been I've been hearing the song at work on the radio all this time. That "Rain on Me" song featuring Ariana Grande is a lady is Lady Gaga's, and I was like, wow. No wonder it's been on the radio since it came out because it's a banger. And this album is just full of bangers, and it's just like I feel like the slowest song is like 100 BPM. Like that's how crazy this album is. It's just like wait, you as of. All people didn't recognize Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga's voice. I mean, once I was hearing it, I figured it out. But like, I wasn't really paying attention to the radio. But like, I just heard the, you know, I was just like, yeah, there's the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess then, like you really, but it's like the same, the same, yeah. And I mean, the same thing happened to me with that song "Come and Go" with I think it's Juice World and Marshmallow, like. On the radio was playing. I was just like, "Oh my god, this song again!" And then I finally listened to it like in headphones, like by myself, and I was like, "The song actually kind of goes pretty hard." So that's wow. cool. I, so, uh, like, Marshmallow. I don't like, I, that was a I phase. I don't like giving. I don't like to be given songs by the radio. You know, I like to pick what songs I like to listen to. So I I totally agree with that, man. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah. So if you're starting small with Lady Gaga, where is this going? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, mean, I thought I just you were meant... going to say some indie band, and I thought that was going to be really cool. And well, just what like, I... yeah, there's this artist I found called Lady Gaga. I that's don't know not... how many of you guys know okay. about her, but that's she's not really great. what I meant. What okay. I meant by small was the like the least I have to talk about, you know. Gotcha. Like, now the clarification comes in. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, listen. So I would say my favorite song on this album is "Stupid Love," and it's just like the like. I mean, I think I'm realizing as I get older, my favorite parts of like really good pop songs are the vocal melodies. And this song is like so fun to sing along to, you know, and then underneath that, it's just like fun synth and drum sounds. And it's just upbeat and it makes you move and it makes you feel good. And you're like, yeah, I want your stupid love. <laughs> and, you know, it's a message you can get behind, you know, you're just like, man, like you're kind of annoying, but like, I love you. So like, give me that stupid love. Yeah. Hey, I feel you like know? you could, I feel like you can relate to that with your dog. <laughs> yeah no honey's uh honey's a blast man that's that's uh, she's very upset right now we have to record this podcast she's laying outside the studio door she won't come in she's afraid of the studio we've tried to get her in we push her in once and she starts getting violently shaking we're like okay it's all right relax like i just don't know what it is about it maybe it's the fact that this room was a different room in the house and now it's fully changed and she can't comprehend it but yeah you know we love our our pets so i guess i can relate to that <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't really want hairs. And she's a white lab, and I have like a black couch, and we right, plan to right. shoot on the couch in here. So like, I don't really want hairs all over the place. But like, it would be cool to just have her Not laying there mention, while I work on a song or something. Not to mention, I am very slightly allergic to dog dander. So if I'm gonna be also hanging out in that room and recording, I would probably prefer it to also be dander free. Yeah, this is a dander free safe space. That's 110 mm-hmm. percent for sure. That makes anyway, sense. Anyways. <laughs> 
about yeah, so, you? Why don't you? Why don't you give me an album you listened to last year? Sure, an album I listened to last year, but I, I didn't listen to many albums from last year. So I guess we're just gonna really kick it back. Um, I said to myself that if this artist isn't in my top Spotify wrapped, then Spotify is lying. And they were honest because I listened to an insane amount of Billy Joel last year, partly because I want to become a piano player like that. Mm -hmm. Also just because he gets, I think he just gets it, you know, the way he's able to compose his lyrics, being someone who sort of grew up in the Bronx, moved back to Brooklyn to see if it would be for me. It wasn't um, but I, I do enjoy the city atmosphere. He really is a great storyteller in regards to just like how much nuance and painting he does when writing his lyrics and talking about his young days growing up as a scrappy kid, like a you know, young Jewish kid growing up in an Italian neighborhood, getting into fights, causing trouble, all that type of stuff. It's uh it's really cool to like just go back and, and see how it, yeah, it's I guess dated in the sense that there's no electronic elements because I feel like that's where we're moving, but the mm -hmm. songs still hold up, man. I mean, if you guys don't know Billy Joel more than just piano man, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Classic rock radio does the same exact, I'd say sin against some of these classic artists where with the Eagles, all they play is hotel California with Billy Joel. All they play is piano man. But I mean, he's one of the highest celebrated artists of all time. Most sold artists of all time only has 12 albums which he aptly said he didn't want to go past how many albums the Beatles put out because at that point, I mean, what more can you say? And I, I disagree with that as an artist, but Billy Joel's statement is very profound and I've been hard pressed to find a bad record in his older years. It gets more ballady and you can tell that he's writing more about his kids and, and writing music more for them, like the love he feels for them. So he loses that Captain Jack angst, but specifically his album, The Stranger, Every single song on that record had radio life and it produced seven number ones out of a, a ten song, a nine song record. So, I mean, that is just the album to start with by all means. It's phenomenal. And yeah, man, it's just he is so timeless, but like it, it fits in with like he could still sell out like a headline Lollapalooza, you know, because he works and he did sell right. out Lollapalooza in 2017 as like the headliner. It's it's not like old man dated. So open your mind. Go check out some Billy Joel. There's so much class in his music. And the way he fuses jazz, rock and roll, it, it's just wild. You know, he is uh, he's a goat. Uh, greatest of all time for any audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, that one. That tip was just for the audio listeners. Yeah. So Billy Joel, The Stranger. Check it out. Probably the album I listened to the most last year. Um, and I love it. Still jam it quite a bit. Wow. Surprisingly good to work out to, mm. which is always hard to say for the older artists there. Yeah. Listen, I can, I can back up how much you liked Billy Joel last year because you're tell, why don't you tell everyone the name of your fantasy team from this past fantasy football season? Oh yeah. So in fantasy football, I, uh, went heavy in on the bills because I knew they were going to be a good team. And that certainly helped me place at a respectable rank in my league. Definitely got cheated out of going into the finals. We don't need to go into that. But my uh, quarterback that I invested in was Josh Allen. And life was good in Allentown. Uh, we, uh, we had a good run. We really did. Josh Jacobs 
getting that DUI and potentially being suspended for the first eight games of next season really messes up my keeper flow. I'm a little upset about that. This is deep fantasy football talk. Sorry about that, guys. But my team name was Allentown, named after the Billy Joel song, Allentown. Living here in Allentown. Spelled the talking with Andrew and Chris way. L-I-V-I-N apostrophe. So No G. Full circle. This is how you build a universe, Marvel. Anyways, Andrew, <laughs> what's your next pick? Yeah, we go, from, we go from podcasting to music to fantasy football. This show encompasses every facet of entertainment. Yeah, our entertainment empire. I always thought that was yes. hilarious, by the way, when everyone would like, and people still do tweet, and I'm so glad I never tweeted this because it's the dumbest statement you could ever make. Like, this new song is going to take over the world. Like, it's like, okay, is it? Because first of all, right. why do you want to take over the world? That's kind of a mean, bad thing. Second of all, <laughs> I'm sure it's good. Like, I'm glad you're happy that you made good art, but it's not going to be that good. Like, is, it, is your song like... better than Hotel California? The answer is probably no. And then the second right, question right. is, did Hotel California take over the world? No. 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 So well, what are you talking I, about right I now? I feel like now take over the world has been replaced with break the internet. Right. Which is more more achievable. Way more achievable. <laughs> Much more achievable. You could break the internet for like an hour. Yeah. So. And, and that's considered breaking the internet. It's fine. Anyways, what, what other albums took over your world last year, Andrew? Well, honestly, I think I'm just going to follow suit with you and just talk about an artist that I got into last year, which I've already talked about on the show because we did a deep dive on her career, uh, at least a part one deep dive. Mm, I think sure I know who. Talk about. I think you do, too. And Spotify knew it, too, because she was my second most listened to artist of the entire year. Uh, I'm talking about Taylor Swift. And it's crazy because... Uh, uh, like up until the beginning of 2020, like from whenever I first found Taylor Swift, probably to like the entirety of 2019, I I was a Taylor Swift hater. I hated her. Like every time she popped up anywhere, I was just like, ugh, shut up. Like leave me alone. You're not good. Like you can't. Like you're just not good. Like go away. And I didn't even really listen to her music. Like I listened to Red a little bit, but I was also like not in a good place in my life when I was listening to that album. So I was just like, this album's bad. And then Folklore came out and I was like, you know what? I like to stay relevant. I like to know what people are talking about. So let me listen to this album, even if I don't like it, but maybe I'll like it because, you know, it's a new album. And then I listened to it and I was like, okay, hold on a second. This album's really good. I really like this album and I shouldn't because i don't like taylor swift and then i looked at the songwriting credits and her name is on all of them and i was like wait a second she like is a real songwriter and then i looked at all of her albums and i was like her name's on every song and there were like her first two albums are basically just her like the second album i think the i think it's just called no taylor swift is her first album i can't remember the name of the second album but it's the one with um forever and always on it that one she's the only writer credited on all the songs and i'm like that's crazy obviously she had a producer but i was right. still it was just like Holy Who doesn't shit. like exactly but i was just like wow i really thought i knew this girl and i turns out i knew literally nothing about her other than she like was a singer and now i have a lot more respect for her and then i went back and listened to her music and i was like dude this music is like for me like they're all like it's all good even the country stuff like i don't really i wouldn't consider myself a country fan and I wouldn't say that she's like, you know, super country, even with the country music, but um, I liked it. Like, right. I liked all of it. And 
pop country. I mean, Mean right. is one of the closest she gets to like grassroots, but it's still centered mm-hmm. around the pop structure and melodies and all that. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, Mean is pretty much as as country as it gets, and instrumentationally, like that song. Right, right. You get it. Mm-hmm. Um. Duh. Yeah. It, <laughs> And I just like started to really appreciate it. And it like, and then I watched her documentary thing on Netflix and Miss Americana. And I'm sure that she's not alone in the like female pop star struggles, you know, trying to always prove yourself and you have to like reinvent yourself to stay relevant and all this stuff. I'm sure she's not the only one who's ever had to deal with that, but I never thought about having to deal with that probably because a, I'm not a pop star and B I'm not a girl. So I would never have to deal with that stuff. Um, and it's right. just like my whole perspective changed. And then I was listening to all her lyrics and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I can relate to some of these lyrics. Like, this is crazy. She's like a normal person that I was just hating because I knew nothing about her. And now she's my second most listened to artist of last year. And I know like most of her songs and I have opinions on her albums that aren't just like gross. Turn that shit off. It's wild. And here we are. Gross. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I've become a Swifty, you know, like I'm not ride or die everything she says like i love her and like thank you for blessing my life with evermore or anything like that but i really like her music and i think she's a pretty good songwriter and i think that she's uh i don't think that she deserves all the hate that she gets yeah that's what i've been saying that's good man I, it's I'm true. Glad. taylor as much as chris has never really struck me as like a big taylor swift fan i never heard him really hate on taylor swift ever I mean, Red is like a great record. I've I've always come back to that album from time to time since it dropped, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah. So another artist that I got into from yesteryear, last year, was uh, Bruce Springsteen. Specifically, mm. his record "Born to Run." It's such a good album. I was actually speaking about this on my other podcast, uh, talking TV, the other night. We just had a 200 subscriber live stream and we were chatting with uh, Jeff Bryan, who you guys know. We did an interview with him of the band Survivor. He was our special guest for that. And we were sort of talking about how art has a way of aging sometimes that is almost funny depending on when you hear it for the first time. Like when I was little, born in the USA, it was just like, oh, cool. America, this is great. We love it. It's fun, happy, mm-hmm. upbeat song since very 80s, but also has like that Bruce Springsteen singer songwriter, which doesn't make it like everything else that came out in the 80s. But it does have like those big gated snares and, you know, the uh, Van Halen jump style since mm-hmm. then as you get older, you listen to the record and you realize like, oh, wow, this is uh, this record's a bit it's a bit tricky. Like it's it's got deep meaning and I don't really know too much of the social structures of the time but it's not as fun and happy as it appears. And it's really cool to sort of get to know Bruce Springsteen through his political personality first and then go back and listen to his music and realize that like it was always there. And just to see sort of how he was able to insert that into his music without turning people who have a deferring opinion off of it. It's uh, very tactful, the way he's able to approach writing songs in that regard. And I thought that that was really something that kind of we've I think we've lost a little bit you know it's uh that way to write a song for him and an audience that is political all at the same time where if you want to get the politics and if you want to agree with him sure awesome you can it's just a quick little read between the lines and it's easy to get the concept of but if you're just in a bar and this song comes on you're not going to get triggered if you had a bad day at work and something political affected you 
it's fine because it's still just born in the USA, man. Let's have some fun. Let's order another round or whatever. If you're hanging out with your mm-hmm. friends, it doesn't have to be at a bar. You just said a bar earlier, so it was in my head. I actually hate going to the bars. They're loud, annoying, and they smell bad. But you get what I'm trying to say. And right, totally. so Bruce Springsteen's music transcends just what he's saying. It's like an energy. It's like it's a, an energy. It's like yeah. A, it's it's like it just puts an atmosphere out into wherever you can hear it. And it's just like we're all just together. Like it's like I feel like his music is very like. Like, I don't want to use the word unifying. I feel like that's, like, too much. But, it like, it brings whoever's listening to that song, like, together. And, like, we're all here to have a good time. It's uh, that Americana scene of the mm-hmm. back in the day that was really one of my favorites uh, in history. Tom Petty, you know, Billy Joel even contributed kind of to it. It's mm-hmm. uh, such a cool kind of music. It's, I don't know. It's like England had the British Invasion and all those types of bands had their more psychedelic-infused feel with, like, you know, the Zeppelins and the Claptons with Cream back in his early days coming along and sort of taking our landscape by storm. But mm-hmm. it's just something so, uh, you know, cornfield, so slow about like listening to a Bruce Springsteen album that just makes you wonder why we, uh, you know, call them the flyovers. Like every part of this country is like, you know, a cool spot. And uh, I just really feel not patriotic when listening to him because he says a lot of stuff that, is sort of like should be talked about and is brushed under the fence but like i don't know he just knows how to tap into this western side of me that i think is like the good kind where it's like hey we have a lot of bad stuff going on but again if you just want to listen to my album and relax like you also can do that so it's like really he's so brilliant in that regard as a poet on top of the fact that he shreds on piano i don't think a lot of people know that i didn't know that until i looked up a live record I, i didn't know that until you just told me yeah, Thunder Road is a really cool song. It's like one of his earlier tracks, um, and he absolutely shreds that. Like that's such a hard song to sing and play. It's like Billy Joel style piano playing, mm-hmm. and he's just, you know, killing it. Like it's nothing. Doesn't even want to take credit for him being such a pianist. Instead, he's just playing, you know, power chords in his Telecaster. And I'm like, damn, dude, you're you're really talented. And I watched his Netflix um, sort of. I don't know what you'd call it. It was like that avant-garde sort of... It's uh, just like a special? Um, Well, it was like slam poetry. And I watched that after really getting to learn about who he was and his music. And it kind of all made sense. Like, this guy is someone who you can only change his mind if it's because it is like a a true fact that he was failing the sea, but he's not just going to go the way of the wind just because like the popular crowd's doing it. And I think that's why he had such like a successful career because he kind of was just shouting a lot of the time and like very rough brazen voice. And it's just crazy to see how he broke through and uh, he did. So I, I I appreciate him not just for his musicality, but because of what he offers to like counterculture and, and like deep thought, you really can sit and read his lyrics like they're a book. It's pretty crazy, man. And it actually prompted me to go back and look up some history and see some of the things he was talking about that happened in his day. And it's pretty wild, man. Like he, uh, he's a man of the people, in my opinion. That's cool. so. Bruce Springsteen, born to born in the USA, album is a great record. I'd start there, but I've I've listened to I think all but his 90s and and 2000s records, you know, sort of like Old Man Bruce and all the younger stuff is just absolutely just dynamite. So I would would check that out. Nice. Well, nice. I mean, listen, 
Bruce Springsteen, I feel like, is still maybe not like extremely relevant, but he's not not relevant. So he's done a pretty good job of standing the test of time. Yeah, I mean, just because he he says he says it like it is, and it's just his truth. And if you disagree, that's fine. You can disagree, but give him a chance, maybe you know. I, mm-hmm. Like I don't agree with everything he says, but I certainly think he uh, has a way of just artistically really delivering some things that everyone just shouts and you know maybe that's maybe that can get through you know so there is like a power for that in music and i think it's like he's got a tactful way of doing it right and that's really all you can ask for yeah exactly so andrew what would it be another pick i'm gonna get more modern now those are like my two old heads that made it into like my top five most listened to on spotify so now i'm gonna get a little more modern as we go forward but where are you at with your next pick Hmm, which one do I want to say first? I'm going to go with Haley Williams' Pedals for Armor, which was technically, I guess, three EPs that she put out, or two EPs and then an album, but it's really a full album. Um, and it was her first, well, she has one song that I guess was in Jennifer's Body, I think, Teenagers, which is a pretty cool song, but she didn't like go solo to do it. Um, but this is her first like full-on solo thing. Um And I wasn't really sure what to expect when she announced it. Like, I knew that Paramore was kind of, like, taking a break as far as, like, working together and making a Paramore album goes. But then she said she was doing a solo thing, which she also had said that she would never go solo from Paramore before. So I was kind of, like, not really sure what's going on. But, like, I'm not, like, I wasn't, like, worried. But definitely wasn't sure what to expect. Um, But I like Haley, so I wasn't really, you know gonna be like ew no it's not paramore i'm not gonna listen i was definitely gonna give it a chance and taylor york was uh producing it he's the guitarist for paramore so i was like it's essentially if if i don't get a paramore album in 2020 then this is basically it anyway so yeah um which is also weird why it was done under the solo mm -hmm, moniker mm -hmm. which like i guess i kind of get which i feel like i wish (laughs) that like fallout boy did something like that like i wish that all of the newer Fallout Boy albums were just Patrick Stump albums, because then I feel like I'd like him so much more. Well, he tried and failed. He got I know. a lot of hate for that solo record. I think that plays a part in that decision, but I agree. I think I would have right. accepted them a little more if they were just Patrick Stump solo records, because I can't do for Fallout sure. Boy anymore. And in fact, it's hard to go back and listen to the old stuff that I used to love just because of how far right. they've fallen. I hate to right. say it. Like, Save yeah. Rock and Roll, I, I did like, for sure, but... Like, I can't get into Mania or whatever, American no. Beauty, American Psycho. No, like, I just not at all. It's, it's not so my whack. Fallout Boy. It just feels so fake. And so, yeah. like, they were told to sound like that because, hey, car commercials need music, right? right. Anyways, it, this Anyways, Pedals for Armor. Pedals for Armor. She comes out with the first song, Simmer, with a music video. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is pretty cool. Like, it was, it was like weird, dark indie pop. Like, you could tell that all these songs were written from, like, she was really sad for a while, like, about a lot of stuff. But not not sad and, <clears throat> not it, I don't, it didn't, but it doesn't feel, like, hopeless. It's just, like, this is a tough time, and I'm feeling down, and I'm sure I'll get through it. And, like, it could be worse, but I'm, I'm, I'm very sad right now. And I think that everybody can obviously relate to being sad unless you're a sociopath. In which case, you're probably not listening to this podcast because you're probably bored. Hopefully but not. Hopefully not. Um, but she just has a way of framing her experiences in, you know, like a really approachable way. Like, 
I don't know the details of her past relationship, you know, other than they were married and they got divorced and I think he cheated on her or something. And that's, that's all I know. And I don't even know if he cheated on her, but you talking about Chad Gilbert. I am talking about Chad Gilbert. What a, it's tough to listen band. to Newfound Glory now. No, no. I really used to like that band. Mm, I know. I know. Anyway, so I don't know, you know, I don't know them personally. I don't know what happened. I don't think she's ever come out and been like, here's what happened with me and my ex-husband or whatever. But even though I don't know the specifics of how it happened for her, like her singing about it, like everyone can relate. Like the song Dead Horse is just about, like you, everyone knows the saying, you know, don't beat a dead horse because it's dead, which just means like, don't keep putting effort towards something that's pointless. And that song is just about being in a relationship that like you kind of know is going nowhere, but you just stick with it because you don't really know what else to do. But now that she's outside of it, she's looking back at it like, wow, I really beat that relationship like a dead horse when I should have just walked away. And like, even if it's, even if you can't relate to that with like a romantic relationship, I can guarantee that at least 99% of people on earth can relate to that with some sort of scenario that happened in their life where you were just putting effort towards something futile because you just didn't want to let go, you know? Yeah. And that's I, just, uh, and that's just one of the songs. I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I listened to this record. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I also think it's confusing why it's not a Paramore record. Cause while it is a departure from the sound, it still could have been a justifiable next step, new direction for the band. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're just too personal and she felt she couldn't share the ownership with them because of what she was trying to say and the feelings and story she was trying to get out, which I totally also understand that as a songwriter. So Mm -hmm. I think it was pretty much that like Mm -hmm. from what I've seen and from what I can infer from just like knowing the band as a fan that it was pretty much just like it was more so it wasn't so much like she was like i want to put out a song under my name because like these were my experiences it was more so like she wanted to do it just to do it like almost like like a therapeutic kind of thing like she was like this was my story to tell so i don't want this to be like i don't want to like piggyback this on paramore and be like hey band back me up while i'm telling this story like here's just my experiences but obviously taylor is my best friend so he's going to produce it anyway yeah and i thought that she did have a freedom that she otherwise might not have in the visual department with regards to the music videos and sort of the interpretive dance that is the first music video and the way that there's just a connecting storyline there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like the biggest fan of this album per se. I did enjoy it. It's like a good, good, really good record. I, I just, it was far off from my taste, but I am a fan of Paramore. I mean, they're an awesome band. And so, what I didn't really get from the music, I actually think that she nailed it for me in regards to like just how avant-garde this whole thing is. Exactly. Uh, I'm into that type of stuff. It's very performative, but it doesn't mm-hmm. take away from the music either. Like it doesn't feel contrived. Like I've seen so many music videos where right, it's like, we're right. going to do something crazy right now because like the song's not that good, but we do have a major label. So hopefully you still listen based off the visuals we put behind it. Right. No, it wasn't any of that. Mm-mm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, like the music was a bit of a departure. Like I think it was like the whole thing was just it's just so personal to her. Like with Paramore, like obviously with Paramore and with this album, you can feel like the pop, but like still slightly punky or rock like undertones for everything. So it's not like just pop. So you can definitely feel the similarities and stuff. And then obviously her singing is pretty much the same on both things, like the melodies that she writes and everything. But 
Um, I just feel like the music stuff that she chose to do, the musical choices she chose in Pedals for Armor were just things that, like, she decided for Haley. but, like, if it was Paramore, then Taylor would be like, well, maybe instead of, like, this weird, scary sound, we do, like, this cool synth sound instead, because that's more of, like, the pop thing. But, like, with this, it was like, well, yeah, I'm making an album, but if I want to make this weird sound right here, then I'm gonna, because it's my album. Yeah. So I think it was just, like you said, it was just like, she was just like, no parameters, no, this is a Paramore album, what do the fans want, this is just, what do I want to do, here's what I want, here's what I made, enjoy. Yeah, and that, that definitely comes across, it's overall a really cool record, it's an album mm-hmm. that, as time goes on for me, I, I begin to appreciate it more and more, mm-hmm. I, I also did step away from sort of pop as well this year, so right. I think maybe that is uh, mm-hmm. a factor yeah. In my opinion, I mean, of, like it's not. Right. I obviously really liked it. It's just I wanted it to be top ten, and it wasn't. Right, and I mean, I'm obviously that's how much I like her. Obviously, I'm also pretty biased because Paramore is like my favorite band ever. So I'm definitely gonna like it a little bit more than other people are going to like it. Um, yeah, they're definitely top three hundred for me. Oh, e- easy, come on. But and um, favorite, but no. I'm, I was I was proud of her. I'm happy for her. I think she got what she wanted with the album, so I'm happy for her. And I got a sweet Haley Williams hoodie. That's pretty sweet. Not a hoodie, sweater, but cool sweater on its own, but it's also merch. And I feel like I don't own enough merch of music I like nowadays. So, especially now with how it's all becoming like a clothing brand, it's actually like wearable. <laughs> exactly. It's not just like a black cool. sweater that says Haley Williams in white letters. And I'm just like, hey guys, hey world, if I like Haley Williams, like exactly. It yeah. Looks cool too. That's cool, man. So I guess I'll just take over here. Maybe we got one more each, uh, depending on how long we talk about it. But like, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to go the full hour. It just seems we're given 10 minutes per artist, which is cool, though. Let's get in depth yeah. with it. Uh, this this next pick is one that you knew was coming. You were just wondering when it was going to happen. Friend of the show. I'd like to say friend of ours. Um, there's this guy called Howie who's been on our show a few times from a band called Ballyhoo. Mm, and they put I've out heard of him. <laughs> an amazing record last year like mind-blowingly good and gotta shout it out message to the world and it, i want everyone to know that whatever chris is about to say we're not sponsored how he didn't hit us up and say hey can you blow, <laughs> can you like blow up our album like chris is just chris just wants to say this we have no how he has no idea this is happening chris just loves this album chris go yeah it's a really cool record he's been very open about his age lately turning 40 and how he's raising kids while touring and you know, we spoke to him, like, one of the good parts about being home for COVID was having so much time with his kids, but, like, his income is being affected, and he talks about a lot of that type of stuff on this record. He's got a song called Social Drinker, which is such a really cool song. It's so... It's charming. It's... <laughs> because I feel this all the time, especially as a singer, where there's a pressure, a social pressure, to go out and, and hang out with your friends. And even if, like, we don't go out to bars, but, like, we will hang at your house. And sometimes, like, you know, we'll be like, cool, we're going to play some Pong. We're ki- we're going to sleep over. A bunch of people are coming. Like, that's our version of going out to the bars where we can control right. the music because right. we don't want to sleep. Obviously, that not last year. Like this was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, of course. But there is still, like, a social pressure. In some states, you could actually still go out and uh, mm-hmm. do these types of things. And I think Howie was in one of those states and he was talking about like going out and celebrating for his 40th birthday on his podcast and just getting so drunk and hung, feeling hung over and being like, man, now my whole day shot and I can't and I'm not trying to put word into his mouth. Maybe I'm just paraphrasing, whatever. But like I get the feeling of it's fun in the moment, but then afterwards your voice hurts, 
you're groggy, you can't get any of your work done. And and so like, you know, I am tired of beer and liquor. It's I'm over it. Like I brought in the New Year's very much so working on a song fully sober and it was awesome. Absolutely incredible to wake up the next day and be like, yo, I am energized right now. I can go back and continue to work on that song. What a way to start off the new year, you know? I'm gonna do that for every new year pretty much now. And I, I, I really, it's just such a funny, because his the way he talks about <laughs> the pressures of it, it's like, well, I did it again anyways, though. And don't we all say that, you know? It's like, all right, I'm not going to do this. And then you end up doing it, and you're like, great. Well, now here I am again with that next morning feeling. Mm. And they really got back to, uh, not that I didn't enjoy their 2018 uh, album or sorry the 2019 record in 2018 was the girls record which is a phenomenal mm. album in my opinion uh the Never one afterwards tape. yeah yeah exactly uh, amongst many songs detonate which was their uh oh yeah wow time flies man detonate was 2018 i was right and then 2017 Whoa. was girls so they went reggae Whoa. pop then they went punk and then on this record, they found a perfect middle ground, which I love so much. You have songs called like Fighter. I, I listened to Fighter so much during 2020. It's the most positive song I've heard in such a long time. It's about how, you know, you got to be a fighter if you want to make it. And especially to put that song out. I mean, I know he put it out in summer of 2019, but it culminated onto the album. It was that song of strong of a track. They chose to pick it, which is why I assume why. And it's just about like, you know, learn how to record yourself. Stop saying you're going to do it. Do it. You know, he he right. uh, he, he should have been, uh, you know, in school. He shouldn't have been in school. Instead, he should have been buying like a four track and learning how to record. But he was trying to appease people. And you're not going to get anywhere if you don't just invest in yourself. And you're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to really claw and, and chomp at the bit to get somewhere. But you can do it if you work hard enough. And this guy who... I would assume being in the reggae scene, loving ska because he uh, he does have that punk element to his music, wanting to probably tour with Real Big Fish for years, now has those guys on, on like all of his tracks playing horns. So like he right. actually went out and achieved everything he's preaching in his songs, which to me is just, if you're going to preach about something, put your money where your mouth is. You know what I mean? For sure. and, and that really stands true to me. Aside from the fact that just realizing that certain songs need other musicians and so they found this amazing trombonist for social drinker they have the new guitar player revolution who bro you need to go look up a revolution uh live video from like late 2019 yeah. they got this guy who i swear to god and if, if he was a free agent like metallica would hit him up <laughs> he absolutely shreds he's like a metal guitar player in a reggae band but it works. It's insane. And they got him to rip a guitar solo in one of their new songs. And it's so good. But aside from all that, really what it is, is I can never get Ballyhoo songs out of my head. And this is mm. arguably the most catchy of all the Ballyhoo records. Like they wow. just, He just keeps getting better as a songwriter. And so I had to shout it out. Like It's not just it. because he's been on the show. It's like Andrew knows. I, I really do love that band. I, I respect them so much. And I think that they're just so important to me as someone who's like trying to make my own infrastructure and business and just for them to just keep topping themselves time and time again is mind-blowing so if you want some fun relaxing but inspiring chill reggae punk rock go check out ballyhoo's latest message to the world it 
this isn't a formal top 10 list, but it certainly would crack the top three if I had to rank my albums from last year. So, well, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're Shout saying out to that, Howie. Yeah, listen, Howie was a good songwriter in 2013 with Pineapple Grenade. I did like that album. That song, Instigator, was a bop. Um, so if he's only improved, which he has, then it's got to be good. Yeah. Check out Social Drinker when you get a chance. I know that you were sort of in like your pop binge this year, and that's totally fine. You know, you do you. But I think you would actually really dig it. I mean, I'm sure you probably have heard it, but like give it a solid listen and think about sort of the message behind it and how funny it is. Because we like it's literally something where it's like I say this to myself all the time, but yet I always do the same thing. I always end up just being like, well, I haven't seen you in forever. Let's have a beer. Then I end up waking up on Andrew's couch being like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to drive home. That was smart. But like now I feel terrible. And uh, just it's hilarious. He gets it. it you know? It's a comfortable couch. It is. And he really he really gets it in this in that song. It's very funny. <laughs> but uh, great record. Shout out to Ballyhoo. Hopefully mm-hmm. we speak to him again sooner than later. And yeah, genuinely just love that album. Mm-hmm. So, Well... I think my favorite album of last year is the next one I'm going to bring up, which is also not a surprise because they were my most listened to artist of last year, um, is Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, which I'm, again, everything I'm about to say is very biased because I love Haim, and Alana Haim specifically is my celebrity crush, so like, you know, I I'm going to like it, probably, but... I when you say a lot of time, do you mean like two out of three of them are your celebrity crush? Or how? what's no, your rate? Alana. Her name is oh, Alana. Oh, okay. I thought you said <laughs> a lot of time. So I was like, okay, so is he saying that one of them is attractive, but just not his crush? Or what's he? I, that's, I've never heard that before, and it explains why I never They're heard all... Because you didn't say it. It's They're all beautiful. Confusing. They're definitely all beautiful. All right, all right um, keep going. I just, hey, look. <laughs> had to ask because I was like, that is an interesting way to say something. A lot, a lot of Haim is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Women in Music Part Three. I really do honestly just think that this album is just really good. Like it's got, like it's got, it's so many different sounds on one album. You know, you got just like a pop hit with um, oh man, what was the first one with with like now I'm in it. It's just like. It's just got this like droning guitar strumming in the background, like the palm mute, like jiggy 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 jiggy, just like driving in. It's just like real like chill, and it kind of makes you want to like bop back and forth. But it's got like a reggae song with another try, that's like a really cool like indie pop reggae track with like that classic, you know, My synth ears on the, <laughs> you know that that synth on the the other beats where it's just like boom boom. Yeah, the upstrokes. Exactly. The upstrokes on the synth, it's just, it's fucking awesome. Then it's just got like a really nice, like classic pop rock, like, like classic rock pop song with Don't Wanna that's just like, it's so good. And it's just like five choruses and you, you wish there were more. It's, it's just so catchy. And then they've got like a really stripped down, like kind of like indie pop song with I Know Alone. That's just like all these cool, like drum sounds and like the last minute and a half at the song there's like barely any singing it's so cool and it's just i don't know this whole album is really good and the lyrics are always so personal and um really give me an interesting perspective on like the female experience like the song man in the magazine or man from the magazine is basically just like like one of the lines in it is um do you make the same faces in bed and it's like what like we would never get asked that question 
probably, you know? Like, if we're making weird guitar faces, like, never, like, do you guys make those faces when you're having sex? Like, no one's asking a guy that, but, like, girls... I see what you mean. For a second there, I I thought you were talking about the inverse, and I was like, who's reading a magazine? Okay, I get it now, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, that was the whole point of the album name, Women in Music Part 3, was, like, they said that every single interview, they were always asked, what's it like to be women in music? Like, and it's like, we're just women making music. Like, why is this such a crazy concept? Like... Shut yeah, up. it shouldn't be, it, but I hear right. you. Exactly. And then besides that, just, you know, just like Taylor Swift relationship woes that we can all relate with. Um, I, I'm going to shout out my favorite lyric on the entire album. There's a, the first song, Los Angeles. It's kind of just talking about like the glamour that's associated with like big cities like L.A. and New York and how it's like, oh, you go there and your dreams come true. But it's also like, no, it's just a city full of people. And like, yeah, you can make your dreams happen. But also like they're just places like don't think that like you're going to move to LA and then that's it. And you're going to be a star. Like the city wants to eat you up, you know? But anyway, the lyric, she says, New York is cold. I tried the winter there once. Nope. I was just like, dude, she's been there and she gets it. That's exactly how I feel about winter. Like, no, thank you. And that's just a real personal one that I like to bring up, but all of their lyrics are relatable. It's definitely, Chris knows it's true to me. (laughs) For sure. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. I just this is one of those albums where it, the songs just get stuck in my head. Like it, it seemed like when this album came out, it was like four songs were stuck in my head, and then the next week, like three different songs from the album were stuck in my head, and then after that, two more songs. Like I got a different. There was like a different moment where I was obsessed with like every song on that album at a different time, and it just hit. They all hit different, and they hit you at different points, and it's just it's so good. Like I think out of my top one hundred songs that Spotify makes for last year, I think they were 22 of them. Wow. And, I, that's... and I'm pretty sure the whole album was in that 22 songs. Nice, man. That's really cool. I got, I, I listened to this record once or twice, but I was a bit like, like I said earlier, um, me and pop music were having some issues last year just mm-hmm. based off personal events. But I come back on the bandwagon, like Justin Bieber's new song, anyone is just stuck in my head, man. It's mm-hmm. so good. And of course, Lonely and Holy are great tracks as well. So I'm back on the pop bandwagon. I'll I'll check it out at some point. I'll really give it a listen. Like I, I heard it, but I didn't give it a listen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's time. Right, so I'm going right. to check it out. I mean, th- their record from 2018 was awesome. So like, right, right. I'm going to check it out. But mm-hmm. now I got to actually and- listen to it. <laughs> exactly. And before... <laughs> Before we start wrapping things up, I just want to fire off a couple honorable mentions and not really get super into them, you know? Yeah, me too. You go for it. I'd, I'd like to t- keep this a tight hour, you know, when we're just conversing. Same, especially um, because I hear Honey starting to claw at the studio door. I feel like I'm really torturing her. She just wants yeah. to go play and I feel bad. So that'd be, she'd okay. really appreciate then, that. Yes, for Honey, I'll, I'll keep this quick. Um, I want to shout out, well, I got into Grimes last year also and continuing to do so because she was always kind of like, not scary, but I was just like, I feel like she's something's going to be weird and I'm not going to like it or something. But then I actually listened to her album that came out last year, Miss Anthropocene, and this album is so cool. She's such a cool producer and she does all of it, you know, producing, writing, singing. She does the artwork for all of her albums, which is really cool. And every song I listen to, even from past albums, I'm like, this is tight and like makes me want to dance. And I don't really dance that much, but it's pretty cool. Um Bad Sons put out a handful of really cool singles last year. Baby Blue Shades being the best one, IMO. So that song is so good. Like, it makes me so mad that I didn't write it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good that song is. I'm like, 
damn it, you guys are so lucky that that's your song because it's so good. Um, uh, also, I don't really need to sell this album because it's been played like over three billion times last year. Future Nostalgia, Dua Lipa, wow. That that may even if it isn't my favorite, it might be the best pop album from last year. It's it's insane. It's so good. Um, and then I really got into this artist Tennis, which is a, a, a I don't know if they're married, but they're a couple, and they they met in college in Colorado, and they write all of their songs while sailing. They bought a boat after they graduated, and they sail and they write songs, and then they come back and then they record all of them. That's actually amazing. And it's really cool. I sent you one of their songs, and it's just cool. Like, it's yeah, like, let me just say it's like fifties melodies, but like seventies guitars, and then like modern synths, and it's just it's all so cool, and it's so nice feeling. As my dad would say, a very soothing voice. I thought that they did a really good job paying tribute to the music that they're inspired by, while offering something new to the current music sphere, and mm-hmm. I. Do you think maybe that's because they're a little older and mm-hmm. so they've they've had more time to dig deep and get into the classics and stuff? I feel like For musicians, sure. while they try and make it in their 20s, they're at their best in their 30s to early 40s, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially when you're trying to make music like that, which is so in tune with what's happening today, but is so simultaneously dependent on what came before it. Right. I think that they really sort of, you know, thread the needle in a, in a really... Uh, uh, positive and enjoyable way because I, I I only heard the one tr- one and a half tracks before we jumped on but like that's I'm gonna go listen to them in a little bit for sure yeah I like them a lot cool yeah so for me I'm gonna honorably mention uh, of course the Bad Sons love that new single uh, a couple of the new singles are pretty tight actually to be honest for and sure. I'm stoked on their new album th- for this year I cannot wait for that probably yes. one of my favorite bands at this point modern bands mm-hmm, it's I don't absolutely. You know what's crazy? I don't really think they're anything special, but I do think that they do what they do so extremely well. I know what you mean. It feels so true to mm-hmm. who they are. Like right. you they're know not, what I mean? They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just their no. wheels are just really good. <laughs> exactly. Like they're just another rock band with pop elements, but it's like they're not. They don't feel like they're right. chasing. You know, exactly. they're not Which, chasing. Uh, I feel like it's the same thing. I don't mean to step on your honorable mentions, but real quick, I feel like that's what happened with like the 1975. Like, I feel like the 1975 are the same way where they aren't like doing anything absolutely crazy or insane, but they're really good. They just got so much hype behind them too. I feel yeah. like them and Bad Sons are very similar, but 1975 just had the hype. Yeah, I d- couldn't couldn't disagree with that any harder. I think 1975 are not the good good band that everyone thinks they are. I think they're pretty the pretty bad band. I think they're but, pretty bad sons. The pretty bad sons. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, nothing against them personally. I just think that they aren't yeah, the no, greatest. No tea, band. no shade. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I got to shout out the Bump and Uglies. Great band. Shout mm-hmm. out to Brandon, mm-hmm. who was on the show. Almost forget about that. You know, we, you meet your heroes right. and they become your friends. And that happened. They wanted it to be as big as they could and they're independent now. So I'm sure they have a lot of, you know, uh, personal interest vested in this one. They're taking the hit mm-hmm. as opposed to before it was RCA. But great band. Great, great new direction. It's a little more rock and it's a little more modern, but they still have those uh, nostalgia member barriers as south park puts it in there the little ear candy type 80s style Mm -hmm. things and uh lastly uh you know i got to 
got to shout out Wolfpack. I absolutely got mm. obsessed with everything they do, all their solo projects, all their podcasts, all their music videos. Just love them all so much. What an amazingly talented yeah. group of people. Like, they are they are pretty cool. Wow. A once-in-a-lifetime connection. Like, they are just... Because, you, you know, like, look, would we have had Led Zeppelin if all four of those guys didn't grow up in the same town? I don't know. I don't so know. I'm really glad these guys found each other because I think that they uh, they do everything right. Let's just put it that way. Go look. Go listen to Wolfpack. I'd, I'd recommend uh, Back Pocket to start, but that is not even scratching the surface on what they're capable of. So right. yeah, cool. I think that was that's, awesome. Yeah, that, that's like almost exactly perfect timing. We're coming up literally on exactly an hour right now as we're done with that. And Chris, I'm glad that you didn't mention a specific album that came out last year because I think that we're saving it for a nice deep dive on the whole band. If I can, if you know which album I'm talking about. That yeah, I do. I want to still do that for sure. So we'll, uh, we'll probably get to it sometime in Febu February. Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. deep dives coming guys more interviews more podcasts more just mm -hmm. chatting uh mm -hmm. new things like the D, D campaign march 1st get excited yes. andrew uh, has written some fun campaigns before and i'm actually excited to finish one of his campaigns this time true so andrew where can they keep up to date with us follow all that we do and just stay alert to honestly the insane amount of content we plan on putting in front of them this year well uh, if you're going to be listening to us, which we still definitely very much appreciate and we love you for it, um, we're on all the, the digital streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, all the ones that Chris says, all the ones that Chris doesn't say, we're probably on all of them because we do our best, you know? Um, listen to us there, like, subscribe, leave a rating if you can, if you do please five stars it's it's pretty much the only one that actually matters and helps us so mm -hmm. i would like to instill you with the 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 advice from thumper from bambi which is if you don't have anything nice to say then don't say anything at all what's the point you know true if you want to give us five stars and give us some constructive criticism i will definitely read it but if you're just going there to be mean what's the point anyway, Heck, we'll even read it on the show we'll even read it right on the show if that's what you want let's do yeah. it um, but like we highly encourage you, please head over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. There it is right here on the screen, um, at, well, not at, what, <laughs> where are my manners? Ta, ta, YouTube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. As you can see on the featured channels right there, while you're doing that, just click that little subscribe button under talking TV too. You might as well. Um, Chris is doing another, you know, he does great things over there with Dom and uh, I'll be popping in and out of there a lot too. So, yeah, you know, for keep, sure. Keep up with all that stuff. And uh, Chris, you got anything else to, to, to add or plug or anything? Uh, just our Instagram. I mean, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well, but Instagram is where we're the most active. You can find us over at Talkin' Podcast, Talkin' spelled T-A-L-K-I-N. We post a couple times a week, and we just like to keep you informed on everything that we're working on and everything that we're doing. So, mm. yeah, with that being said, I mean, expect a lot from us this year. Like we said, we uh, hey, we're two for two so far, so that's a start. Hey. And uh, 56 more to go on top of all the bonus things we plan on giving you. So, anyways, guys, this was another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. We sincerely appreciate all of your listenership. It really does mean the world to us, and it fuels our fire. So, thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart and I don't want to speak for Andrew but I know he has a heart and I'm sure he feels the same way so I do feel the same way 
Exactly. So without further ado, Andrew, do you have a final sentiment for the people here today? Um, yeah, send me some playlists and also stay sweet. <laughs> All right, guys, there you have it. Yet another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And we just want to take a moment here to thank you guys so much for all the support you've shown this show. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but this show is 100% creator-owned and creator-run, and quite literally, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, the fact that you guys keep coming back week in and week out is not only humbling, but it's inspiring, and, and it's a reason why we will continue to deliver upon our promise to bring you content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so, all we ask for you guys to do in support of this show, for free, mind you, is please head over to youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. Please click that subscribe button. For whatever video you choose to listen to, click that thumbs up. It would really help out us grow the channel. And most importantly, turn on that bell to get notified every time we post content. Again, that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube at 2 p.m. And of course, on audio. You guys can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. That is Talking with Andrew and Chris. And all we ask you to do on those platforms is please click the follow button, the subscribe button, leave a review, preferably five stars, Whatever the platform allows you to do, if you could throw us a little support, that would really mean the world and help us keep growing this show. Once again, guys, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the support. Stay sweet, and we'll see you in the next episode.